0: Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Using an interview format, Pastor Bob will introduce you to men and women whose ministries are impacting this world with the gospel, and will also provide commentary and insight on end-time prophetic events we now see happening in the news. Now here is Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Hello everyone everywhere, this is Pastor Robert Thibodeau. I want to welcome you to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast today. This is a very important episode that you're going to want to pay very special attention to. We're going to be talking about something that was prophesied several thousand years ago and is unfolding on the evening news almost every night right in front of your eyes. For a quick background, let me set the scene for you. Recently, the President of the United States ordered additional troops to Saudi Arabia and a few other nations in the Middle East. He did this in an effort to protect those nations from any type of attacks by Iran. Most recently uh, was the attack on the oil fields in Saudi Arabia, which crippled the world's oil supply and has created a lot of turmoil that we see on the news. Now, Iran denies all these allegations concerning the attack on the oil fields. Yemen rebels have claimed responsibility, but U.S. officials have have determined that the nation of Iran is really the one responsible. Now, with all of this happening right now, I reached out and invited Nathan Jones to come back on the program today. Nathan is the web minister for Lamb and Lion Ministries and the co-host of the Christ and Prophecy television program. Nathan's been on our program before, and if you missed this last interview, you can go back to the archives and listen to episode number 549 and 550. We had a great conversation, and I don't want to take the time to you know, rehash things we already talked about there. So just take the time to go back and listen to those episodes separate from today's interview. Now, with all that being said, help me welcome back to the program Nathan Jones. Nathan, thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to come on the program and discuss these current events that we're seeing on the news.
1: Well, Pastor Bob, thank you so much for having me on, and I really appreciate that you want to discuss these events. Uh, All this amazing Bible prophecy is coming true right before our eyes. And the world is pretty much silent about it.
0: Yeah, it's like there's blinders over their eyes. Go figure, right?
1: Well, yeah, that was prophesied (laughs) too, wasn't it? Second Peter 3 and uh, the church of Laodicea said in the end times, the church uh, would be apathetic about what's going on in the world. So we're seeing that, unfortunately. Yeah,
0: yeah, unfortunately. Amen. Now, let me briefly lay out what we're talking about with our time together today. Now, there's always been rogue nations, you know, but right now two of the worst perpetrators represent a big part of a developing alliance of nations that's, that was predicted in Ezekiel 38 and 39. You know, the Bible says Russia will be leading a coalition of nations against Israel, and today Russia is a large nuclear superpower, and they were on the verge of being dissolved when the former Soviet Union collapsed. But there's been a resurgence, late, a resurgence lately as as they basically try to reclaim their prior superpower status, and you know, they've been successful in their attempts to build nuclear weapons or super weapons above and beyond what they used to have. And they set aside the nuclear disarmament treaty, as has the United States, basically in response to their buildup. But it's also been reported that they've also been able to breach computer systems of nations around the world. I think that's the new type of warfare, the cyber warfare. And it was recently announced that the Russians were actually successful in breaching communications within the FBI and CIA. Then when you bring Iran into the picture, you see the coalition being formed that was basically outlined in Ezekiel 38. Now, again, Iran's denied any involvement in the recent drone strikes, but the Houthi rebels in Yemen are fully funded and supplied by Shiite Muslims in in Iran. So how could the Houthi rebels get such sophisticated weapons? Well, there's only one possible way. Iran gave it to them. As uh, matter of fact, the U.S. said the Iranian drones, or the drones used, were Iranian-made. So, when we look at Ezekiel 38 and the, the war prophesied in Ezekiel 38, the players are basically taking shape right before our very eyes, correct?
1: Absolutely correct. Uh, Ezekiel 38 and 39 are, is a prophecy about a, a giant, uh, colossal war that happens to Israel that is unseen in all of Israel's history. And it follows the prophecy in Ezekiel 36 and 37, which a dry bones in an empty valley would come back to life again. And it was a prophecy that Israel as a nation would come back to life again. And what nation in all of human history has come back from the dead 1,900 years later? The Hittites, the Moabites, the Edomites, they've never come back as a nation again, but the people of Israel have. And that's a miracle. And we have seen that in our day in May of... 1948, Israel became a nation once more, and all the nations of the world are attempting to destroy it, as prophesied by Zechariah 12 and 14. So what follows that is then the next event that happens to Israel, at least uh, as Ezekiel told, and that is the war of Gog and Magog, as prophesied in Ezekiel 38 and 39. matter of fact, this war is the, given more details about a uh, prophetic war than any other war, even more than Armageddon in the entire mm. Bible.:
0: Amen. Amen. And what about the Psalm 83 war? You know, I mean, if you look at the list of nations in the Psalm 83 war, you know, you have what's called the inner circle of nations surrounding Israel. But the war described in Ezekiel 38 and 39, the nations mentioned are basically referred to as the outer circle, right?
1: Right. Uh, you actually have to, to walk backwards to get to Psalm 83. When you read about the nations that uh, attack Israel, they are led by this leader called Gog from the land of Magog, which is uh, old name for Russia. Mm-hmm. And Russia uh, it could be Vladimir Putin. It could not. Uh, he certainly has the power to do this. It could be a demon that this Gog represents in Ezekiel 38. But he will lead a coalition of nations in an attempt to um, plunder Israel. The the purpose of the other nations want to destroy Israel, but Gog wants to plunder Israel. Mm-hmm. And he teams up with uh you which is the Stan nations like Kazakhstan and Kyrgyzstan mm-hmm. and Uzbekistan and all. Uh Rosh is the ancient name for Russia that Ezekiel gives. He gives Meshach, Tubal, Gomer, and Beth Tagarma, which is the lands that are now called Turkey today prophesies that Persia will join in this and we know that's Iran, mm-hmm. uh Ethiopia and Sudan, and Put, which is the ancient name of Libya. So Ezekiel twenty six hundred years ago gives us this list of nations that will form a coalition and attempt to destroy Israel. Now, up to this modern time period, these nations have always been at war against each other. They haven't connected, they haven't bonded, they they haven't formed alliances, but now all these ancient enemies are meeting, and you could, <laughs> almost on a weekly basis, uh, actually, I think this week Putin and Erdogan and Turkey and uh, Rouhani and uh, Iran are meeting to discuss uh, what to do in Syria and all that, and then obviously they're talking about Israel. Now, Israel, up to this last few years, hasn't had any wealth worth plundering. I mean, they have the Dead Sea salts, right? They have uh, a good diamond industry, but not a lot of wealth. But now they found this massive gas Find in the Mediterranean off their coast, and they're threatening Russia's monopoly of sending gasoline into Europe. And so now we see the hook that God prophesied through Ezekiel that would drag Russia down in an attempt to destroy Israel. Now, I'm sorry, this is a long way to answer your question, Pastor Bob, but what it means is then, well, what about the nations that directly surround Israel? What about Egypt and Jordan and Syria and Lebanon and all? Why aren't they in this coalition of nations? that attack Israel. I mean, they're dying to it. They've attacked Israel more than five <laughs> times, and yeah. they continue through Iran's funding to, to use terrorists and Hamas and Hezbollah to attack Israel. Why aren't they in that list? Well, right. if you back up then to Psalm 83, which was written was written by Asaph the Seer, a prophet, he prophesied an end-time coalition of nations directly surrounding Israel. And those include, he said, the Tents of Edom, which is the areas now that are Palestinians in southern Jordan, the Ishmaelites, which are the Saudis, the Moabites, which is the Palestinians, and the Hagrites, which is an ancient name for Egypt, Gabal, which would be uh, Lebanese, which is Hezbollah today, which controls that region. He prophesied Ammon, which is northern Jordan, Uh, the Amalekites, which is the Arabs of the Sinai area, the Philistia, which is Hamas and Gaza Strip, Tyre, which is Hezbollah in southern Lebanon, and Assyria, which today is what's left of Syria and northern Iraq, that these nations would attempt to destroy Israel, and Israel would have to subjugate them and defeat them. So what we're seeing here is two rings, an inner ring of nations around it, which Psalm 83 would, if Israel would have to eventually deal with that, and that's the war of Psalm 83, that would then entice the outer ring of Islamic nations and Russia to come down and attempt to destroy Israel.
0: I mean, so, Psalm 83 and Ezekiel 38 that's not the same war. Psalm 83 is supposed to happen first, right?
1: Absolutely. Matter of fact, there are nine end-time prophetic wars prophesied in the Bible. We have a very good article by our founder and director here at Lamb & Lion Ministries, Dr. David Reagan, and we actually have a few TV shows that we've discussed it, too. Mm-hmm. And we list out the nine end-time wars that are prophesied. And the first one in those nine is the Psalm 83 war where Israel will subjugate the neighbors around them, that they, the hostile neighbors that they finally have to deal with. And that could break out at any time. That there's always We're one attack away from Israel always having to do that. And then we see this outer ring of nations that will come and attack Israel and attempt to destroy it. And this is where, uh, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself in this prophecy, but God actually steps in. We're not seeing the church anymore, which makes me believe that this is an event that happens after the rapture of the church. But that God particularly steps in and he defeats Russia and Iran and Turkey he he uses biblical judgments we're talking about fire and hailstones we're talking about earthquakes and he turns the coalition armies against each other and then he rains fire down on those nations mm-hmm. so what we're looking at the end result of these two wars is that Israel becomes a superpower that the Middle East and Islam is pretty much gutted, that Russia is no longer a world player, and that everybody on the planet knows there is a God because of that victory.
0: Yeah, amen, amen. And you know, I'm going to put a link to the articles and stuff uh, to on your website so they can read about those, those wars that you're talking about. Now, recently I had an interview with a former mayor of uh, Shiloh, Israel, David Rubin, and he mm-hmm. was explaining to our listeners how the recent events uh, up on the Lebanese border with Israel and how you don't hear it in, in the western news but he said basically every person in Israel is preparing for war and within and he predicted within 6 months with Lebanon so that would be something that would also be sparking uh, uh some of that inner inner circle ring of uh coalition uh That you
1: brought up that Iran is attacking Syria, uh, excuse me, uh, Saudi Arabia directly is interesting, Mm -hmm. because right up to this point, Iran has been using proxies. They've been funding Hamas down in the Gaza Strip and and trying to foment the Palestinians to attack Israel and do infiditates. They're funding Hezbollah up in Lebanon to come and attack Israel. They haven't. Directly attacked Israel because they know that they could never stand toe to toe with Israel. Obviously, uh, Iran is a bigger nation and it's very technologically uh, advanced, but it still can't stack up to Israel when it comes to uh, its military. The IDF is, for its size, one of the greatest uh, militaries in the world. And so they're trying to use all these different proxies to attack, but that they attacked Saudi Arabia directly is is interesting, and it actually plays into Islamic eschatology. See, the, mm. the ayatollahs who are over the government in Iran uh, have this strong belief in the 12th Amman, this, mm-hmm. this 12th descendant of Muhammad, who will come and usher in the end times, but the only way he will come is if the world is at war. So Iran is, actually has this fanatical, apocalyptic view that's guiding what they do. They're, they're picking a fight. They want a war in the Middle East, because they believe that will bring the 12th Imam and therefore will raise up the Shiite Muslims into power over the earth.
0: Wow. And if they can get the United States involved, that would also bring that worldwide coalition because you're looking at, you know, our allies would then be fighting their allies and, and that's the whole World War Three situation.
1: Well, it's a fascinating aspect to the Gog and Magog War is a little line that explains how Sheba and Didan and the merchants of Tarshish will just sit and watch Russia and this coalition attack Israel. Mm. They won't jump in, they won't help. And with the ancient names of Sheba, Didan, and the merchants of Tarshish, Sheba and Dedan is uh, Saudi Arabia and the Arabian countries that along that, uh, that uh, coastline there. Mm-hmm. And then the merchants of Tarshish in that time period, Ezekiel's time period, Tarshish was considered the farther most western nations possible. Some argue that it's Spain and the young lions being her colonies. Others say it's uh, Great Britain and her colonies, which would include the United States. But regardless, nobody comes to help Israel in you know, it. Today, you—I mean we would say that President Trump has made it clear that he would come and help Israel came in need. So we know that, that at least in our current political makeup, we're not going to sit by and let Israel be attacked by Russia, but something will make Russia and the Islamic nations not fear the United States and the U.N. stepping in. Mm-hmm. And so, again, a strong argument, I believe, that this war happens after the rapture of the Church, mm-hmm. why America and most of the world is in chaos after yes. the rapture, and and likely economic collapse. Due to that, these nations now feel free to come down and attack Israel.
0: Amen, which means if all of this is taking shape, the rapture is even closer than, you know, anybody even realizes.
1: Oh yeah, I think it was Tim LaHaye who used this story. He says, you know, you know Christmas is coming. If the stores start putting up the decorations, Mm -hmm. and I mean, already now you go to Walmart, all the Christmas decorations up, you know Christmas is coming. uh, But Even more, you know, Thanksgiving comes before that. So what we're seeing with these coalitions and this geopolitical mess that it's actually all falling, all these pieces are falling into place, and for them to fall in place, it means that the Church should not be here for that. So that means that we're the Thanksgiving, we are the ones who will be raptured beforehand, so that's coming even closer.
0: Wow. Yeah, and, you know, politicians around the world, you know, deny fighting wars in the name of oil, but... You know, that has been going on for most of the 20th century and even into the 21st century. I, I remember, you know, I, I love World War II history and all that. And I remember reading that Germany had paid the Arabs, mainly in Turkey, if I'm not mistaken, uh, to build oil pipelines from, you know, the Middle East, the Persian Gulf area, all the way up to Germany, because that would supply them with the oil they needed. And when Germany and basically the whole world went to war, you know, now they needed oil for their tanks and all that. And Turkish leaders, wanting to keep the money rolling in, sided up with Germany. Hence, the Desert Wars started and spread to Northern Africa as well. And when Germany lost, that's when Great Britain and the Allies took control of the region, which resulted in the birth of Is- uh, the nation of Israel in May of 1948. But basically, it was a war that started over, well, it may not have started over oil, but ended up being about oil, especially the Africa campaign. Now, with Saudi Arabia, Garner worldwide favor, as did other Arab nations, is because vast amounts of oil was discovered in their territories, and that resulted in, in the extreme wealth of, of those nations. As a matter of fact, when Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait for their oil fields and their port, the first President Bush uh, took swift action and putting together a coalition of forces to drive them out because it ended up, even though they didn't want to say it, it was a war over oil. Nathan, do you think these recent actions involving Iran and the Iranian reactions to the massive sanctions that the United States has laid against them, do you think that is a result of the sanctions combination? They're unable to sell their oil and their, their economy that they've been relying on is devastated, and is that leading up to what we've been talking about with the, the Psalm 83 war and the Ezekiel 38-39 war?
1: Well, I think you definitely make a, an excellent case for that. Uh, obviously, like, like I stated earlier, the Ayatollahs are driven by a fanatical, eschatological view of the end times that involves starting a world war, so they're not reticent about picking fights, especially with the biggest player, us, in the world. Um, certainly, our uh, sanctions have hurt them, but they do seem to have uh, dedicated uh, oil sales to China and other nations that won't. Play by the rules here, so they are still getting their oil out. Uh, we just also, it, I think they're totally driven. It's a satanic hatred yeah. of the Jewish people, the yeah. Iranians, and I, I wouldn't say the Iranian people. I know Iranians, and yeah. they they don't all hate Israel, but the the ultra orthodox, uh, the, if you can make that comparison, the ayatollahs absolutely hate Israel, and they keep their people under such suppression. And uh many of them had to flee out of the country, and i've known Iranians mm-hmm. here who whose yeah. parents fled out of the country in the seventies when the yeah. Shah was overthrown because of this- this hatred of Israel that drives all that they do now Saudi Arabia seems to be their their biggest adversary in dominating the Middle East, so yeah, they're trying to pick a fight uh, but they get again, again by taking the oil tankers like they have by sending drones at us and then attacking Saudi Arabia, they want us to fight. And they believe that then Allah will step in and defeat the great Satan, which is the United States. Uh, But we know that that the opposite is going to happen. What's amazing about the Gog and Magog War is the fierceness of which God comes in, where he steps in and he he destroys the nation. So Iran will, the end result of this is when they take on God, the land will be destroyed. And I think this is going to be a turning point for many Muslims in the world because Allah will be, very much defeated. The Middle East is defeated. Uh, There really can't be Islam going on into the tribulation because the Antichrist initiates a one-world religion and then a religion of himself, and he can't have any other monotheistic religions competing with him. And so it's definitely Satanic. Satan is definitely working towards his ends. but whatever Satan does for his evil, God usually (laughs) almost always, I should say, flips it and turns it into good.
0: Yeah, And what you just said about you know, with the Antichrist coming in to take over, devout, you know, Muslims would not ever recognize him as God. You know, so, yeah, something has to happen to, to those Muslim nations in order for him to exalt himself in that matter, the Antichrist.
1: So, oh, yes. And yeah. two two things that happen as a result of the Psalm 83 war, I believe, destroys Islam as well, and that is, uh, one, the Samson initiative that Israel has, that if they are attacked they will then attack and return, and even with nuclear retaliation. We read in uh, Jeremiah 49 that Israel will destroy Damascus one day in an hour.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: how do you do that in an hour unless it's it's not, you could bomb it to death, but likely it's a nuclear war that the oldest city in the world, Damascus, the capital of Syria, will be destroyed by Israel. Israel will also take out in their Samson plan uh, uh, Mecca, which is the the heart and soul of Islam, and with that destroyed, how can any Muslim believe that Islam and Allah is all-powerful and all... No, he, he loses. He loses big. Another thing, too, because the Antichrist desecrates the temple in, in Jerusalem, that the Jews will no longer fear Islam anymore, and they will rebuild this their temple, the third temple, which the Antichrist will desecrate it halfway into the Tribulation. Now... They can't build the Temple now because of the, the constant Islamic pressure from the world not to build on the Temple Mount. If they t- attempted today, there would be a war to end all wars if they <laughs> attempted. So Israel's smart to know not to build on the Temple Mount, and even though they control it, they let the Jordanians manage it. I've been on the Temple Mount a few times, and they'll let us up during infidel hours. But other than that, boy, yeah. if you you do anything that appears uh, to praying or... Even holding hands with your wife or anything like that, you'll have the the Islamic police down on you. Mm. So it's a very very hostile area. But so, but those two things indicate to me that Islam as a religion will see its demise very shortly after the rapture.
0: And right now, Damascus is you know rubble. I mean, it's not completely laid bare, but I mean they they've got you know it's never been devastated like it has so far, and it's going to get worse.
1: Right. And Israel continues to attack uh, through night raids, various depots around Damascus where the Iranians and the Russians have been storing weapons and guns. Mm -hmm. Now, for Israel to absolutely annihilate Damascus would mean there's an existential threat. So there's a a, a lot of suggestion amongst people who have military background saying that, that Damascus will move nuclear weapons to launch, excuse me, Iranians will move nuclear weapons to launch from Damascus, and that's why Israel annihilates Damascus, it's a theory Yeah,
0: yeah. I've seen an article on Bloomberg News where they reported that Iran, Russia, and China are now planning a naval drill in the North Indian Ocean and the Sea of Oman, and all this is in response again to the United States sending troops to the Middle East, but what the article said was, this will be the first joint exercises ever held by those three nations, I mean, here we go, right? Wow! Isn't this exactly what the Bible predicted would happen?
1: I believe that China will be gutted from the rapture. We think of the, the west as very Christian, but most don't realize that there's almost just as many Christians statistically in China yeah. as there are here in the United States. And with the rapture of the church, clearly the the west that doesn't get involved in the Gog and Magog war, something hobbles it so it's it's ineffective and obviously the west joins the antichrist empire. So we're seeing a, a waning of of that, but the east you don't hear about China and those nations mm-hmm. until the very, very end of the tribulation when they rebel against the Antichrist and they march an army towards Armageddon and they um, well, they'd have an insurrection against the Antichrist. So at some point, China will also be hobbled, but then they'll get its power back near the end enough to mass a 200-million-man army and head west towards Armageddon. Mm.
0: Amen. Amen. Now, Nathan, is the American church, well, for that matter, the church at large that spiritually blind that we're not able to see the handwriting on the wall so to speak i
1: think up to maybe 15 20 years ago the church was very we were watching it very closely uh teaching of the pre-trib rapture a passion for bible prophecy was there everybody was talking about it everybody was anticipating it and the rapture didn't happen and everyone assumed that the rapture would happen in their own timing. When Jesus said "soon," well, okay, it's going to be tomorrow. It's going to be next week. And <laughs> as uh, one coworker of mine told me, she said, "Well, I, it never happened, so I just gave up." And we're seeing churches abandon the premillennial teaching, the pre-trib rapture view. I mean, we're just seeing all the churches out there dry up. We have people contact the ministry all the time saying, I can't find a church anymore that will teach about the rapture. Mm. You talk to the younger pastors coming out of the seminaries, and they're almost openly hostile to the idea of the teaching. Yeah. They're adopting this post-millennial view, this idea that the church will conquer the world for Christ and hand the keys of the kingdom over to him in returns, which is totally unbiblical. And uh, so the church is blind to it. We go to some churches now. There used to be a time where we go preaching at churches, and the audience, for the most part, knew what we were talking about. But now we have to go back to the basics to even explain wow. what the rapture is.
0: Hey, everyone. Pastor Bob here. Uh, we are all out of time for today's episode and our interview with Nathan Jones. Now, don't worry, Nathan, we'll be back tomorrow. But I wanted Nathan to come on the program and share with you because he is a Bible prophecy expert, and Christ in Prophecy is a television program he co-hosts with Dr. Uh, David Reagan. And uh, Folks, we are living in the days that were talked about in the Bible. Everything is lined up. You see it happening every single night on the news. You know, lately it's all the trouble with Iran and the United States response to it and, and their coalition with other uh, Muslim nations and, and China's getting involved and the Russia-China relationship. And it's all going to culminate in an attack on Israel. We see it happening. You, if you missed my interview uh, with the former mayor of Shiloh, Israel, David Rubin, he said, everyone in Israel is preparing for all out war on the Lebanese border in probably the next six months. That's what they're anticipating. So all of this is happening right now. So we need to be prepared. And the only way you can be prepared is by knowing what the Bible says. And that's why we have Nathan coming back on. So come back and join us tomorrow as we conclude our interview with Nathan Jones. Till then, as Pastor Bob reminding you, be blessed in all that you do.